Welcome to another Griffith University podcast. All right, everyone. <clears throat> Thank you for coming today. So I fear we are competing with some of the uh, pre-IPSA workshops today and, and things like that. So we're a little lighter than usual, but um, we are very pleased to welcome our distinguished visitors from uh, Korea, and I'll introduce them properly in a moment. Um, Professor Caitlin Byrne will be joining us. She's the uh, director of Griffith Asia Institute. And uh, today we've got as our discussant, we're very privileged to have Dean Andrew O'Neill. He's the Dean of Research in the Griffith Business School. So the first paper will be Network, Movement, and Democracy. And this is by <coughs> Professor Lu Sok-jin, who is professor in the Department of Political Science at Sogang University in Seoul. He received his PhD in the Department of Political Science at Yale University in the US. And his research interests include political economy, international political economy, and politics. And we also have senior researcher Dr. Cho Hee-jung in the Institute of Social Science at Sogang University in Seoul. She received her PhD in the same department, and she has research interests in comparative politics, IT, and democracy. I will turn it over to the presenters. Please. How many slides? Uh, 25. First of all, I'd like to provide the information about what kinds of topics and what kind of coverage I am Not on any analytical arguments, but what happened online during the, the candlelight demonstration in Korea from 2016 to 2017. And my apology is that I didn't translate all the material seen in this public so I will explain why it is. And the reason I presented all the slides is that the, to give you a sense of what happened online. As you may know, this is a picture of the candlelight demonstration. This place is a blue house where the president lives. And the, yeah. the, the protesters were trying to enclave blue house by marching toward Blue House in this way and on this way. And here, the, about here, the Constitutional Court, which decided the impeachment cases. So the protesters were moving to the Constitutional Court. So this is the whole picture. And the, the crowd goes on this lonely. <clears throat> the topics I will cover is that what, how the agenda has been set, and how the inform, informing act has been done, and what the people did online voting and petition, and how did they organize, and how it was institutionalized, and how the residents were enjoying and playing politics online by using game The most important thing is that hashtag setting networks. It's not by simple keyword, but most for defined keyword, like on present step down, candlelight demonstration, and 
just simple keyword, but combination of the various keywords. And it has moved from Twitter to Facebook. This is a detailed data analysis, and this is impeachment, anger, critique. I am angry. So candlelight demonstration has this kind of various present name, the blue house, weekends, all the things about. And informing networks, images, small parody posters, videos, so social network services, mobile applications, and cross-social these are the older sites, not older sites, but on YouTube, which has more than 1.5 million views. It's about who is the Zhongli Rock, but who was the key figure in instigating that demonstration. Who is she? And all the things about These are the no. This is Blue House. And all the crowd were gathered here. And these are the social medias, online media by one person. And they broadcasted all the things, what I could, at the Agro. And there appeared the mobile applications. How many people gathered? <coughs> Which places? They collected all the information and they showed it at the through the mobile applications. This is the information about where the demonstration takes place. Not just in the center of the soul, but all the different places. They broadcast online through the social media. And these are the pictures <coughs> where the netizens gather on what kinds of positions member parliaments are taking on the impeachment cases. In, this is December 1st. This, this is a Gabori party at the time. And Gabori party on 1st of December, this is a red, red line, this red picture is on where the Gabori party rules. On December 1st, all the red were against the impeachment. But on December 5th, the red picture disappears. And on December 7th, red is shrinking. So they are making these kind of data and they are sharing. 
with arithmetic. This is the simple lines, as you can see, where are shrinking on every day. So these, these are <coughs> plays where the that isn't played on the social media. And there was a mobile voting. This is an official voting, but Delegates opened the ballots and Cheryl all the people is requesting the impeachment of the president. They signed about one million signed. And this is a Seoul National University site, which shared the full information of the member of parliament, who is against the impeachment. And they are trying to make a call, they can social media, media messages. And they organized in this way. Would you party? This is a stock gallery sharing the information on the stock, stock market prices. But they were mobilized to find out <coughs> who is all responsible for this value. And all the volunteers are providing this kind of services. And this is an 82, 82 meaning. In Korea, that's Pali, meaning quick. So, any coup is an online community of the woman, household woman, and they participated in this demonstration. This is any coup. And this is a higher documents, higher means step down, and celebrating the step down of the president. They, they provided the information on the forgery by the Chief President's Secretary. This is all the things they have done. And they also did crowdfunding, <coughs> reaching more than 100%. These are all the things using hackathons. They can candlelight, car, and message to the constitutional court. And they made citizen assembly 
If you don't do it, we will do it. Rational assembly. You meaning rational assembly. Rational assembly is doing nothing, so we will do it. And citizen, what is the name assembly? These are the talks which went on citizen assembly side. Detailed arguments and debates. And this is a mobile page. This is present, at present, close friend who spoiled all the things. And she is in the jail, in case. So the contest media network is very important in deciding diffusions and free from the participant vote. Not just better casting, they do everything they want. They can do. Cultural participation, not protesting through the violence, but they are celebrating. And individual participation. They came to the street, not as a member of some groups, but as an individual. And they are watching what the power safety are doing. So, which is called snow. What I'm trying to show is that the weak ties became very good. This is a stable status. But in the revolutionary stage, stage weak ties <coughs> are combining, combined with social media. Social media. So as a conclusion, there was a lot of candlelight demonstration from 2004, 2004, 2008, 2016. The candlelight demonstration itself evolved. In 2002, there was a death of middle school students by U.S. Army field. And more than 100,000 people participated in nationwide protests. And they used icons. And flag mass, which resulted in the apology by the U.S. Defense Secretary and U.S. President to Korean people. We are sorry. And in 2004, it was against the impeachment of President. Within 13 years, we have two cases of impeachment. How many cases? in Australia. They don't have to. They have a new prime minister every year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and different uh, political online committees became very important. DC inside meaning, digital camera inside, sharing the information about digital camera and digital children. But they became very political. And in 2008, it was against the import of USB. More than 3 million participated, and social media, personal media, and debate on Agua was very important. Candlelight Young Girls, all the groups which was not present in the traditional sense of <coughs> And in 2009, 
2016, more than 17 million people. And nationwide and fully participated in United States, in Europe. Smartphone became very important. This is an iPhone of the DC inside. This is the camera inside. This is called the Kevin's dog. And Jung is bound. They are the icons of the Let's go. You can see the same picture. They are not the traditional political activists sharing information on, about what's happening in Major League Baseball and what's happening in MBA and sharing the information on fashions, cooking, but they participate in. So there was a technological transformation which made possible all these kind of activities, big data, open source, easy access, quick response platforms. which has been realized as an importance of every, everyday politics, not about four or five years interval with the voting and national election. And crowdsourcing became important. Volunteerism became important. Individual platform of the right to know. We got the right to know what happened in Blue House, what happened in national government and bottom-up participation. Well, we used to have traditional labor unions and strong civil NGOs, but there was still top-down participation, but bottom-up participation was very good. And agenda was selected by the mass, not by the powerful groups. And there was a very live and active discussion. What should we do? What should be the next agenda? So my, my conclusion is that the technological development methods in mobilizing the mass and how do they participate and empowerment of the single individuals, not just to the public. Well, I will tell you uh, one episode about what happened in 2016 and 17. Well, you know that the, when people get on the street, the national police always claim that there was one, yeah, for example, there, there is 10,000 people get to the street. And the hosting parties argue that there was one, 100 people. Always 10 times difference between them. So at the first stage of the candlelight demonstration, the host parties argued that 1 million people came to the street. And national police said that 50,000 people came to the street. And as 
demonstration goes on on every weekend, on every Saturday. The national police decided not to publicize the numbers. And the Korean companies, the communication companies, they use Wi-Fi. And how many people gather? They use Wi-Fi technologies. And they said, when host parties argued that about 1 million people came, then they used Wi-Fi technologies. And they said, about 900,000 people. And national police surrendered <laughs> to the metro and publication of that number. So we were surprised. The reason why we were interested in, the reason why we became interested in that is that I am the members from 1970s and I spent 1970s and 1980s as an university student. At that time, the demonstration was what happened on the street. But as time goes by, and in 2016, my feeling is that demonstration is not on the street. It's on social media. And on the street, you see the pictures. But just seeing the picture doesn't tell you any story about that. So we decided to look at what's behind the pictures, what's behind the scenes. And these are the pictures which have been going on behind the street. Thank you. very much, Professor. And I'd like to acknowledge um, Caitlin Byrne, Professor and Director of the Griffith Asia Institute, who has joined us. Hi. So next we have a presentation called, Does SNS Facilitate Participatory Democracy? Evidence from South Korea's Presidential Impeachment Protests. And we have Song Yi Yoon, Professor of Political Science and Dean of the College of Politics and Economics at Kung Hee University in Seoul. Received his PhD in the Department of Political Science at The Ohio State University in USA. And he serves as Vice President of the Korean Political Science Association. And we also have Hee Min, who is Research Fellow in the Department of Political Science at Kung Hee University in Seoul. She received her PhD in the same department. She has research interests in political communication and Korean politics. Okay, good morning, uh, thank you. Um, I'm really pleased uh, to have the opportunity to visit this institute. And I'm also very grateful to have a chance to share GI scholars' perspectives and the thoughts on Korean presence and impeachment. It's very unusual, extraordinary incident, which is very rare in democratic societies. But as Professor Liu says, we already had that kind of extraordinary experience two times within 15 years. So what a great democratic experience. <laughs> okay, my title is to SLS promote participatory democracy. And it's written by me and my co-author Dr. Yimi there is. And so here is the table of contents, and I will show you 
by which questions, arguments, and SNS and democracies, and some social movement of theories, and then I will have the conclusions. So, and just the spring of this year, we had some, maybe I can say some hot debate or dispute about the, the meaning of the presidential uh, impeachment in South Korea. There were two conflicting interpretations of the nature of presidential impeachment. And one scholar, his name is Inge Peck, is he's very eminent and famous scholar in South Korea. Uh, he are, actually, they have some kind of a dialogue and seminars uh, the, on the issues of presidential impeachment. So, Professor Im argues that the candlelight revolution, it was the victory of participatory democracy. On the other hand, the professor Philip Schmitter of the European University Institute, he says that he raised questions, is it, is, is it the really the victory of participatory democracy? He argues that the political system governed by the handful of elites has not changed. So, there are some people said, yes, it was a victory of the people's power and we accomplished kind of participatory democracy. On the other hand, not only just Philip Schmitter or other Korean scholars says, well, can you say that if we accomplished the participatory democracy? It was just change of the political elites. Still a small amount of uh, political elites covered the countries, and there was no real participation of the ordinary peoples, so there was a hot debate. Then, the purpose of our study is to examine whether SNS promotes participatory democracy or not. And in advance, we introduce, we show our the answer. We argue that the answer depends on what kind of participation participatory democracy is being reported. So, in some cases it can be yes, or in some cases it can be no. So it depends on what kind of participatory democracy it is. And absolutely, we know that the SNS and ICT, Information Communication Technology, it helps disseminate information, mobilizing the people. Also, it is very useful for ordinary people to participate in the politics, in the protest, and even in the everyday politics. So it will enhance the empowering of the participatory democracy. <coughs> After independence from the Japanese colonizations and the building of the South Korean government, we had experienced two different paths of the citizen participations. The one is from the top-down approach led by political systems. The other one is the bottom-up approach led by the civil societies. And the social movement or the older people's protests, they, we can say that they were very powerful and effective in fighting against authoritarian government. 
and sometimes we have succeeded in expelling the authoritarian government. So in this sense, we, we can say that uh, the people's participation is very active and the social movement is very powerful in Korean politics. But on the other hand, the social movement forces did not directly participate in democratic government. Most of the authoritarian governments crack down then a, a new government, new democratic government came up and emerged. But the ideas or the ideologies, values of the protest or the ordinary people did not well reflected in the incoming government. So they were powerful in fighting against the authoritarian government, but they are not effective in forming new democratic governments. In that sense, we cannot say that the ordinary people or the protesters, they have a real chance to express their voices about their democracies and their, their political demand in the new institutional politics. So, here are my research question again. Do SNS promote participatory democracies? And Actually, I, I will introduce a, the concepts of the uh, level of the political participations developed by uh, Professor Einstein. And so, the answer depends on the, the, the steps of participation. So, I will show you later. And the other theories I used uh, to give the answer for this question is social movement theories. So generally, we have three social movement theory traditions. The first one is resource mobilization theory, and the other one is uh, collective identity theory, and the last one is political opportunity structure theories. So generally, we categorize three different schools of social movement theories. So based on the first two, two theories of the resource mobilization theory and Collective identity theory, we can say that so SNS is helpful and effective in mobilizing and in succeeding uh, social movements. On the other hand, from the perspective of political opportunity structure, we cannot give a positive answer about the uh, influence of the SNS because the political opportunity structure is usually composed of the political factors, the, 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 the political actors such as the political party and the state and other members of the civil society. So it means that the protesters, they cannot make some initiations in interaction with the political society and the states. I'll, I will give detailed explanations in later. Einstein categorized the stage or the step of citizen participation into three levels. And actually it's eight rounds. The first level is the non-participation levels. It's a, it includes manipulation and actually it's at the stage of non-participation. And the, the second stage is the tokenism participations. 
It includes informing, consultation, and collocations. And finally, uh, the, the final level, actually is uh, the real level of political participation, is partnership, delegate power, and citizen controls. So, we can say that the participatory democracy is realized only when it reaches the degrees of the citizen power, as in the last steps of the participation, which includes the partnership, delegate power, and citizen controls. And in this sense, so our paper argues that the SNS is not so helpful for protests or the people to reach this status. Even they are very useful and influential in reaching until the second stage is of the capitalism, the participation of the capitalism. Okay. And the Macintosy, uh, she is the, the, the England scholar, and she also uh, categorized the level of e participation into three stages. The enabling, engaging, and empowering. It's very actually similar to Einstein's three stages of uh, civic participations. The, the, the first step is uh, access to the information or access to the politicians. It's about accessibility. And the, the second stage is about the, uh, the people's expressing their opinions and having discussion with other people about the politics. So the critical one is that the political or social agenda is set by the political elites, not by the people themselves. So they just get reactions or respond to the political elites' political agendas. On the other hand, the, 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 the stage of e-empowering is very similar to Einstein's the citizen control participations. In this stage, the people can set up their own agendas by themselves and they can play as producers, policy producers, not just the consumers of the, the, the government's set agendas. Okay. So, so even for the e-participations, the level of participation can be categorized into three steps. So get back to the, our the research questions that the SNS promotes the participant democracy or not. The answer depends on what kind of the space being deployed. Okay, here is an SNS and social movement theories. Okay. As I mentioned, in terms of the two theories of the resource mobilization theory and collective identity theory, we can say that SNS is very helpful and useful in mobilizing resources and in building of collective identities. However, we cannot say that it's very effective in opening political opportunity structures because, as you see, the structure is usually composed of the political system, political party, or the state. It means it's not the actors or the behavior in civil societies. It is the actors of the political society and the state, which means the civil society, they have some limitations and uh, wield their influence on the political society and civil societies. Okay. So, 
I will see how the SNS play in the process of placement process uh, by the depending on the, the, the social movement. So the first thing in mobilizing the supporters or the participants is that there were no apparent initiative initiators or representative organizations. So generally in the demonstration for democratization in 1980s and even in 1990s, we had a very big or famous or powerful one organizations which mobilized all the supporters and which have the leaderships on the social movement and protest. But in 2000, after the year of 2000, which means after the pro proliferation or dissemination of internet or SNS, the pattern of social movement quite been changed. There was no of one occurrence representative organization. The people just participate by themselves. And as you see from the presentation of Professor Liu, there, were, there wasn't a big difference between the political <laughs> groups and the non-political groups. So the young women and the housewives, traditionally they have been categorized as non-participation groups, but they were very active nowadays in participating protest. Okay? And they were not members of some organizations. They are just connected through internet and SNS. So it's a big difference between the traditional mobilization and SNS mobilization. So there are many people who participate alone or in group of two or three. They will not belong to any political groups. So more than five five months the protest continued in, in the year of 2016 and 2017. And every Saturday, the social the protest was organized and almost one million people get out to the streets. But they just participate by alone, one, two, or three, with their friends, with their families. They were not organized by the political groups or other some specific organizations. So it's very special, I think. So without SNS, it must be possible. So here is the numbers. Just the place of Gangnam Square, not the, the, the across all the Korean Peninsula or the South Korea cities. Just, just at the spot of the Gangnam Square, there are 17 million people this 3rd December. So. And this the the, the 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 length of the participation the protest and the number of the participants is much larger than democratization movement in 1980s. Okay. It continues much longer times and much more people participate in the scale. And there are two Distinguished or extraordinary characteristics of social media centered communications. The first one is technologically, it was very uh, useful for sharing information among individuals. So, as it was introduced by Professor Liu, we used a hashtag technology. 
to disseminate and to mobilize information and the people. Like what Chesun Shu and Tomo Chesun Shu. And using hashtag, it was very effective in strength, strengthening networks among people. And the other one is structurally, the communication process changed from a collective to individual world. So each individual has as powerful influence as an organizations or the traditional media. They can uh, upload their own information or their, their ideas through the SNS and it disseminated very quickly and millions of people got connected through the SNS. Uh, specifically, the Twitter ID of the he, he, he was just an ordinary people in his 40s. And he lives, at that time, he lived in Germany. And he leaked some new information about Che Sun and his former husband, Jung uh, Yun Han. They got the fake company in Germany and to conceal their assets. And this information is leaked out and disseminated through the SNS. And after the, the leaking of the avarice, many other Twitters and SNS peoples, they upload their own information about the Chesunji Gate and their, about the corruptions of the president and the corruption of the Chesunji uh, through their SNS. So it was followed by wave-related tips and re reports posted by other citizens. So without SNS, it must be possible. So it's too bad for former President Park and we had the SNS. So why the spread is not spread? If there was a SNS, we may have different politics currently. Um, the other one uh, uh, about the resource mobilization using SNS. So, there were lots of flag groups. Actually, these flag groups, it was also introduced by Professor Liu. It is not real organizations. It, it does not have their own office or does not have their own members and it does not uh, sustain for long times. But it just built up on online space through the SNS. And even their name, it's really hard to understand what does it mean. After the sickness research associations. But their real goals or their, their real activity have nothing to do with this kind of things, attitude. And Rajigura. Can you assume what, what, what does it mean? Maybe you are much familiar with Viagra. Actually, the Blue House, they bought the lots of Viagra. So it was lift house. And they explain why they bought the Viagra with the government money. They said that, as far as I remember, they had a chance to visit the big, big high mountains and to solve the problem, the attitude, the sickness, they bought the Viagra. <laughs> From their medical knowledge, Viagra was very good for health. Edge to the sickness. 
organizations or civic associations, as I introduced, they just go there, went there by alone or with their friends and families. And there was very big umbrella organizations at the time of uh, presidential impeachment protest. Even 1,500 civic organizations, they, won, they made allowance to the, the, the alliance and coalitions and build up umbrella organizations called Emergency National Action for Resignation of President Park Geun Hye on November 9th of 2016. The, this organization encompassed all social groups such as workers, farmers, poor women, and the disabled. Even 1,500 organizations, they said one umbrella organization. But what is in reality? They didn't play any influence or any roles in the time of participation, in the time of the protest. They, they couldn't leave the impeachment process. They just disappeared in the peripheries. <coughs> then what is the center of the protest? It was SNS and the digital networks people. So, instead of the well, organizations, affinity group, they formed the core frame for participation. Okay. So according to a survey, most participants answers they came with friends and family members and some of them alone. Only 3.9% answered they, they participate in the protest as a organization members. So it's quite different pictures of movement mobilizations. And the next one of the collective identity is the role of emotion in collective actions. So we currently actually it's, it's, it's not we currently <coughs> as a, my research topic, but about more than ten years, the emotion started to get attention from the scholars of the politics as, as much as the, the cognitions or reasons. So previously, we divided these two levels of the people's behavior or activities based on reasoning or based on the emotions. So we call that the reasoning-based behavior is more superior to the behavior of the action-based. But nowadays, no, they are interactive. We cannot say which one is superior and which one is inferior. So every political behavior and participation, they include a process of uh, emotions. And it is uh, simultaneously related to the regional, uh, regional thinking or regional decision of the people whether to participate, whether to behave or not. Yeah. It is also the result of the survey data, and we can see some relations between the, the positive relation between the Facebook activities and the level of anger about the Bakunen, former president Bakunen. So, as more vigorous the social media activities, the higher resentment, anger toward Park So, 
So activity of the SNS is very closely and positively related to the angle about the property. Okay. And this is the model data uh, about the angle. So the, the blue point is the weak angle groups. We divided the people into two groups. The one group of the weak angle and the other group of the very strong angle. So the positive relation between the social activity and the level of the angle is much strongly conformed in the group of strong angle groups compared to the weak angle groups. That's the point. And the last week, the polycarpal structures. So, <clears throat> as shown before previously, the political option structure is composed of uh, political actors or state or political parties. So when the political opportunity structure is expanded, when it is constructed, usually it depends on the decision or judgment of the political actors, not by the civil society. So in Korea, actually, not many people believe they are being presented by political party or the government or political groups. Of course, they do not trust the government officials or politicians. The trust level of the National Assembly and the political party is really, really low. It's less than 10%. Every time we surveyed, we asked the people, the, the, the the trust level always below 10%. So it was the 5.1%. So, actually, we couldn't give much detailed argument or information on this part. But what we like to say is that the SNS can be very useful to mobilize the supporters and to make some kind of a collective identities among the people and participants, but it is not so useful to expand the political opportunity structures. So that's why the SNS and the, the President impeachment protest, they were very successful in expelling the former government, but they could not directly participate in the any new government, subsequent government, the Moon Jae-in government. And we cannot say that the, the ideologies or the values or the demand of the protesters was not well reflected in the subsequent government or the new government. So in that terms, we can say that SNS is very useful to reach the, the participatory democracy, the level of tokenism, but we cannot say that it make the people reach the, the citizen control level of the political participation. Okay, let me finish my presentation to you. Thank, Thank you very you. much. <laughs> Great.
And now we'll hear from our discussant, Professor O'Neill. Thanks, Lou. Uh, my apologies in advance. I, I have to leave here at 1.30. The, the problem is if you don't leave your institution during the day as a manager, you're captured. So um, I have very few options. Other People know where I am when I'm, when I'm at the university. So I have to, I have, unfortunately, I have to leave at 1.30. So um, I, I'm looking forward to giving some very brief remarks on the two presentations, uh, specifically towards the end. And I'll... I'll um, uh, provide some questions that uh, perhaps we can use as a jumping off point for the discussion. But I want to uh, lead into that by providing a few observations, uh, you know, in general terms around uh, the candlelight protests, the significance, and really, I guess, the, the core theme uh, underlying both presentations, and that is the, the intersection between uh, social networking sites uh, you know, defined generally, and politics, because ultimately, really, that's what this is about. Um, and and connected to that is uh, the issue of causal, you know, cause and effect. Are we really talking here about something that's a consequence of something else? Um, and I think that's interesting, as we all know, as social scientists, it's very hard to uh, demonstrate, validate cause and effect. In human behaviour, um, but we do know at least from a kind of circumstantial perspective that, um, that the candlelight protests, like so much of protests, so many of the protests that have occurred uh, in South Korea in relation to democracy, really really going back to the Park Chuk era, uh, really going back to the 1970s where you had uh, a wave of, of protests and Many people, uh, as university students, taking enormous personal risks and paying enormous costs uh, to to express their uh, right to, to protest. And I think, you know, in a country like Australia, we really do struggle to grasp, um, you know, how innate uh, that struggle has been to ordinary North Koreans, but but particularly to North uh, sorry South Koreans, but particularly. But particularly uh, to uh, South Koreans who have a deep commitment to, to democracy, and, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. The one thing that surprised me was how quickly, um, how quickly events really moved in, in South Korea uh, between 2016 and 2017, and, and the elections in May 2017 came at the, in a way, was the culmination of, of a period of intense ferment uh, in, in South uh, Korea. And when we think back to February 2013, uh, you know, sort of the high point of uh, uh, Park Wonhee's um, uh, 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 rise to power, her inauguration, you know, the, the dulcet tones of Psy and Gangnam Style at, at her inauguration, and things seemed to be on an upward uh, trajectory. And for a while, they, they were. Uh, Park's presidency uh, for quite a while uh, was seen as a, a relatively stable presidency, um, and and certainly you know it wasn't until revelations uh, surrounding uh, the improper relationship between Park and the shadowy uh, choice in Sill um, that really her presidency began to unravel, and it it unravelled very quickly. And I think for many external observers, uh, the pace with which um, uh, Park's presidency unravelled was was really quite uh, quite extraordinary when you think about her being impeached 
in December uh, 2016, the formal process of impeachment, when you think uh, forward to her arrest in March 20, uh, 2017, and of course her conviction uh, earlier this year in April, sentenced to 24 years imprisonment. Uh, quite a spectacular fall from, from, from grace. Uh, really within that five-year uh, presidential term envelope as, as well when we think about 2013 to 2018. So, so we really did witness uh, quite spectacular unravelling of, of South Korean um, president. So for me, what, what's really interesting is what, what, explains, what explains this rapid fall? Um, yes, we have a kind of formal explanation around impeachment and yes, uh, from a kind of constitutional perspective, it seems pretty cut and dry. Um, uh, she broke the law uh, and she uh, was impeached um, and was sent, uh, sent to jail, uh, effectively thrown out of office. Why did it happen so quickly? Um, I think that's an interesting question today. And as I said before, the presentations today really seek to articulate and to explain the intersection between politics and social networking sites. And the, for me, the, the interesting question is the extent to which her, uh, the, the rapid nature of her, her fall, Park's fall, can be attributed to SNS. Yes, we know SNS mobilises people in a grassroots way. It gets people out on the streets. You know, it acts as an echo chamber to, you know, to, to energise people, to, to commit uh, call to arms, if you like, uh, to campaign. Um, but, you know, the interesting question for me is, did that really convert into the ultimate change? Or did SNS merely act to get people out in the streets? Um, was there something more than that? Did, it, did SNS itself play a role in triggering her fall from, from power? Um, and, you know, I, I think another question is too, is that um, given Given the very, um, uh, you know, given the very energetic nature of, of South Korean pro-democracy uh, protests, would we would we have had the same or a similar level of of protest were it not if we didn't have SNS? I mean, that's a counterfactual, isn't it? I, I don't know the answer to that question actually, because when you think back to the 1970s, when clearly you didn't have SNS. Um, when you think back to uh, the Gwangju uprising in 1980, when you think back to the June movement in 1987 that led directly to South Korea's first formal democratic elections, we didn't have SNS then. And yet, you had enormous, an enormous wave of protests across the country, people taking incredible risks, both, um, both in terms of their careers, their families, but also their physical security. Um, and and so I, I just, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there as something we can maybe reflect upon. What has SNS really contributed in terms of mobilising ordinary South Koreans to get out on the streets, protest, take enormous risks? Were the risks, for example, that great to ordinary South Koreans in 2016-17 compared to the risks? During the 1970s, I, I would I would posit not actually the risks in the 1970s, where you had an, uh, an authoritarian government that had declared martial law, that essentially gave the police and the army free reign, um, in many cases to kill people who were protesting. Um, 
So it's it, it's an interesting question, and I'm just kind of putting that out there, maybe as a as a discussion um, as a discussion point. Uh, you know, we know that the candlelight protests in South Korea <laughs> were not the first time that social media has been used to incredibly uh, to to powerful effect. Uh, we know, for example, in a different context, in a different way, that Obama used, the Obama campaign used social media very effectively in 2008 particularly to mobilise the youth vote in the United States. Uh, we know that President Trump uses social media incredibly effectively in terms of communicating, um, I was going to say his policy, that may be a little heroic, um, communicating his thoughts um, from, from day to day. Um, but people take notice. People listen more to what Trump's tweeting than to what he's actually saying in terms of his media conferences. Um, uh, that's seen as being more, more significant. So social networking sites we know have incredible uh, power. We know that in Australia, for example, in the context of election campaigns uh, that were used uh, to great effect in 2007 by uh, the, the uh, Labor uh, Party's uh, campaign to get Kevin Rudd elected Prime Minister. So, you know, political parties are using uh, SNS. I think it's a different proposition entirely to look at how social movements, uh, and that's what the candlelight protest was about. It was a, it was a social movement. Um, um, the question for me, I guess, is how much SNS added to the effectiveness of, of the campaign. On page eight of the paper, um, there are two kind of conceptual alternatives presented, and for me, this was really... Uh, really the crux of, of, of the debate or the discussion, I think, and, and that was the kind of binary, um, uh, the, the binary framework of, of cyber, cyber optimism and, and cyber scepticism. You know, on the one hand, cyber optimists believing that, yes, SNS is a force for, for good in terms of triggering and promoting participatory democracy moving beyond uh, representative democracy, cyber sceptics on the other hand, and I think you kind of fall into this camp maybe, um, being a little less um, optimistic about uh, the power of, of um, uh, cyber instruments in affecting political change, and maybe perhaps you, you fit halfway between that, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But um, I think that was quite interesting, that, you, uh, that, that sort of more, I suppose, the more optimist uh, perspective on on um, the ability of, of SNN to affect um, uh, positive change versus those who believe, well, actually, it's really business as usual, ultimately. We'll, we'll, we just re return to the default settings of representative democracy. And you, you alluded to that in your presentation when you said, yes, it was, um, you know, yeah, uh, you, had social, uh, you had a social movement, uh, but really not many any of those people actually ended up in the new government. And, and you could make an argument that, well, hey, it's just business as usual. What's, what's actually changed other than a president getting um, booted out of office? So some questions, and I'll conclude on this really quickly. Um, some, some questions I had after the two presentations was, we, you know, we heard a lot about the anti-park the anti rallies. There are actually quite significant pro-park rallies as well. A lot of conservatives sought to push back um, and, and rally in favour of President Park. Now, those crowds, you know, were not as big as the anti-park rallies, for sure, 
but they weren't insignificant either. Um, they were actually quite large uh, popular turnouts. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, what role they played in, in the process as, as well. Did that blunt the force or the impact of the, of the anti-park anti rallies? Was it a countervailing force? Um, the second point, and I mentioned this earlier around the, count, around the counterfactual, um, you know, would Park's demise have occurred um, without uh, the candlelight protests? I don't know the answer to that question. If a constitutional expert was sitting here right now, they'd say, absolutely. She was impeached. It was cut dried, out of office. Whereas I wonder, as a political scientist, whether it's that cut and dried. And actually, you know, what impacts, what influence did the candlelight protests have? And I think you apply this in your, your presentation. What influence did they have in pushing lawmakers towards that outcome, right? Um, and the size and the volume of the protests was something simply that lawmakers could not, could not ignore. Um, in, in that sense, so yes, a formal process, but actually um, influenced a lot by democratic expression. And finally, uh, and finally, I, I wonder whether I wonder I wonder whether this is simply a natural continuum for South Korean democracy. Right? I mean, protests are an innate way of of South an innate form of South Korean democratic expression in a way that you don't get in many other countries. You certainly don't get it in Australia. I mean, people don't really get out and protest much here. Um, but in South Korea, it does seem to be a natural continuum where, you know, if people get angry, they get out and protest, whatever the costs, actually. And, and I think maybe that, that speaks to the... Um, to the you know the, the, the proactive um, and um, the rough and tumble nature of, of, of South Korean Korean democracy. Um, some very incoherent comments, but um, I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay, thanks very much. Um, I think what we might do we'll, we'll give the uh, presenters a chance to answer the questions, but we we're scheduled to to lose the room at about 1:30. So if there are questions in the room, um, people who might like to add questions to Andrews, I'll take we'll take those now. So we can take two or three all at once. Okay, please. Four. No, you go. You mean you go. Okay. Uh, as you explained, uh, SNS uh, is part in terms of mobilization and uh, identification, but certainly it has been occasion in terms of structural issues. In this context, uh, I just wonder what uh, should we or what is desirable uh, relationship between SNS and uh, uh, media related institutions such as uh, newspaper and uh, uh, television uh, and, and so on. Uh, of course, people uh, involved in SNS they can't uh, continuously be doing the same job. But, uh, media-related institution, that is their job, ongoing job. So, uh, in a sense, they are the best uh, the situation to take up, uh, take over, and then uh, continuously uh, addressing the structural issues. So, 
how should we understand uh, the role and the relationship between SNS and uh, media related institutions in, in Korea in terms of maturing uh, democracy? Caitlin, do you have one more to ask? Just, I, d I was just actually picking up on Andrew's point about the influence, um, you know, that cause and effect, and, and has there been any research done, um, you know, questioning political decision makers on the sorts of influences that, that they, were they influenced by uh, social media or the SNS impact in the lead up to the impeachment? Okay, um, we'll take a second round after this press. Let them, let them go. So, presenters? Taking from the last question, uh, not, not, not from you, from Simeon. If we did, if you survey people in, nine, uh, in 20s and 30s, most of them do not read newspapers, but they do not see TVs. And the, the traditional media has a lot less effect on, on the young people in selecting their agenda and providing the alternatives. The traditional media has lost all the influence on the young generations. And the, the second, why do they the street? And why the other country, the people in the other countries do not street? I think the anger and disappointment about the representative democracy and the role of Parliament led them to go to the street instead of going to the National Assembly. The, the, the level of anger in Korea is a lot stronger than other countries, I think. And the, the Professor Andrew O'Neill's question about what happened in 1980s at Bangjoo, if we had a, this kind of media environment, as we had in 2018 or 2016. Well, if you think about Bangju incident, in this kind of media environment, Bangju massacre has, would have never happened because they cannot control media. But in 1980, the the military was able to control all the military and telecommunication lines. But if we had a stage, this kind of environment in 1980, the military couldn't control that. So, in the sense that in 1980, the media environment was quite important in the deciding the power of the military. But in 1987, without SNS, all the protest went on. My opinion is that if we were, we had a media environment as, as of now, in 1987, June unrising would, would not happen because the problem would have been solved earlier than the demonstration. That's my, my experience. That's my, my, my opinion. Okay. Thank you for your very constructive comments and uh, interesting questions. Uh, shall we?
I cannot answer all the questions <laughs> raised yeah. by you. And uh, let me try to answer as far as uh, <coughs> I can. The first one, so what if there is not SNS, then so many people participate in, 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 in the protest, or it should be more powerful? Uh, I, think, I, think, uh, I think the question was, um, would, would you have had the same you know, would you have had the same degree of mobilisation of, of people protesting if you didn't have SNS? It's a counterfactual. Well, it's, a, it's a very yeah, unfair yeah, question. Well, what can I say is, basically, owing to the SNS, the tipping point of the participation get lower, and the participation cost got lower, so it resulted in the massive participation of the ordinary people. So in 1980s, actually at that time, real activists, they participated in the protest. But nowadays, as I mentioned in my presentations, there is no clear distinctions between the active political groups or the non-politically non non-interested groups. We can make, we cannot make clear distinctions. So, without SNS, yes, I, I, I can say that the protest should occur. And but I'm not sure the, the how messy it was and how long it could continue. So I, I think it's, it's a big difference. I think and. The other question, why, why there are so frequent protests in South Korea compared to other countries and compared to Australia? Well, the simple answer is people is smart and politician is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we have that one yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but we share some of that. <laughs> some of that. survey data, according to survey data, the political efficacy levels, so how confident the individual is about their political behavior. So political efficacy level is getting up and up as time is going. And with the SNS, it goes more sharply. But on the other hand, as it also mentioned in my presentations, the institutional first level, first of national assembly, first of political party is getting down and down. So what, what happens, there's a big discrepancy between the level of political efficacy and the level of the institutional trust. Then this difference makes the protest, make protest, I, I think. So as you know, the IT and SNS is much more widespread in South Korea compared to other countries. And it's a small country, and uh, in the area of the Seoul, lots of people get in small city. They are very well digitally connected, and it's much easier to go out under the same spot of the street. So I think that's why we have so uh, frequent protests. Basically, we are smart. One more point is that if there was no SNS, then the Park government would have 
easily controlled traditional media. That, that is, that decides the quality of the information. So the, the, the quantity and quality of the information spread through the social media is quite different from the, the nature of information spread through the traditional media. So that's the typical type. So if there was no SNS was the impeachment of Akhtone possible or not, I think it, it, it may not easy to impeach President Akhtone. Because when we look at the composition of the National Assembly at that time, the current the oppositional party and the pro-government party of the Bakhtane, they took the over half of the National Assembly seat. So as you know, we need two-thirds of the National Assembly seats to pass the impeachment of the Bakhtane. Then, at that time, why the government party lawmakers, they turned back from the Bakhtane and favored to impeach uh, President Bakhtane, I think it's, it's, it's because they got feel the pressure from the ordinary people through the SNS, people went out to the streets. So, if they are in favor, if they are not in favor of impeachment of Bakhtane, they thought they have very little chance to be re-elected in the next elections. So without SNS, I don't think it's quite easy to impeach Bakhtane. This, this is the picture. Yeah. I, I, I told you. The red, red, red color. It's Who is supporting the Bakhtane? On December yeah. 1st. That's Shuki. Shuki can okay. Shuki can okay. That, my, my interpretation is, that is the power of the social But she maintains support, she maintains support in rural areas, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Outside the metropolitan areas. So that, that is made by the, that is, not by organization. So this really tells about the power of social media. The traditional media didn't put any pressure. That is made on that, and just within two days, lots of pressure through social media on MPs, and they change. If, if I may, I just would like to add a couple of points. Okay. I mean, isn't that how the representative democracy is working? I mean, to some extent, right? It's kind of people's pressure, and the representatives respond. So even if we are talking about the impact and influences of the social media uh, on the democracy and the decision makers, but ultimately the picture we've got is the, uh, is the institutions have worked pretty nicely. I mean, the, the National Assembly has made a decision on the impeachment by voting, and the Constitutional Court has ruled that the current president should be kicked out of the office. So we, I think we have to be careful about distinguishing the impact and the leading role played by the social media and the people, but at the, t at the same time, we should not ignore uh, what kind of roles played by the institutions that had, has existed before. So I think that's, that, that's one point. And uh, I think social media's role is pretty good at mobilizing, organizing the people uh, taken to the street but at the same time, I, I don't think it's a very 
uh, nicely played the role of a kind of uh, facilitating the debate. I think, I mean, to some extent, I, I guess people got the answer already. And then they use the social media uh, to mobilize the people. So whether the social media is a good space for deliberation, for debate, for discussions, I don't necessarily think so. So Professor Dean Yoon has mentioned something about political opportunity structure. But I mean, his main focus is about the after the uh, movement. But what about the prior uh, to the movement? So that is the uh, one more thing. And the small point here is that maybe I'm, I'm not an expert on social media. I'm not an expert in Korean politics. But uh, we are kind of having some kind of myth that oh, only 4% of the participants had the relationship uh, with existing political groups. So this is ordinary people. This, this, is, this, this is the people who have never participated in any protest before. And we are kind of uh, providing some kind of myth that this is a good thing. But is this really a good thing, ultimately speaking? So just ordinary people getting out, uh, taking uh, to the street, and then uh, we got the victory. But, but then what? Right. So kind of, uh, we are sort of um, providing, adding some kind of uh, sort of myth picture to this uh, fact that uh, only a small portion of people uh, have political networks. So I'm not. I think we. So I guess we have to be a little bit cautious about uh, promoting that uh, concept. And then finally, why uh, social media? The real uh, role played by the social media. A uh, couple of things. One is um, uh, visual effects. Of course, of course, they're delivered by the uh, TV as well. But the visual effects, kind of uh, photos and and and, and, and some uh, nice pictures and uh, some uh, quick videos. And that dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> What's more important is kind of ordinary people uh, could be a uh, news providers, mm -hmm. not just uh, news consumers. So the TVs and newspapers are providing the news before, but this is the time when I, I can be a reporter. And oh, who am I? I'm your friend. I'm your hometown boy. And I'm reporting the fact that all people gather together in a, in a grand style manner. And, and I'm a newspaper, a newspaper reporter. I'm a news provider. So if he can be a news provider, I can be uh, that playing that role as well. So, People get together to provide news, not just consume the news. I think that's a real kind of impact uh, that can be played by the SNS. Mm -hmm. Well, it's very interesting what's going on here. So we've got a, a question from thanks. We've got a question from Lucy, but I'll just uh, and, and Larry. So we'll take one round of questions, but I'll just make the observation that uh, it's interesting that um, your assessment of how important this is and in what way seems to depend on your conception of democracy. So if you have a very Schumpeterian conception of democracy where it's just about checking power and throwing the rascals out, then, then you think, okay, it's a democratic system at work. But if you, if you want deliberation from democracy and a, and a high quality democracy, then it falls a little short. And I think that's what we're seeing with your paper, Professor. So we have two questions left. Um, so, Lucy, first. Okay. Um, thanks, Carol. Um, just quickly, my questions in that theme of kind of declining political trust in South Korea that both papers um, spoke to. Um, I guess at the start of the presentation, I was thinking, was there a genuine kind of concern within the South Korean population that President um, Park would not be impeached by the Constitutional um, Council? So, I guess my question is kind of 
were the protests more directed at getting the MPs um, to push that decision through the National Assembly? Because um, then, then I thought, well, given that it's not your first impeachment, maybe there is a high level of trust in um, political institutions um, that are meant to maintain a checks and balance on the executive. Um, so I guess it's kind of wanting to know a little bit more, is it low trust in just the politicians or even on some of the rule of law institutions in the country that are, I guess, as Luda said, yes, they did their job in this case. Okay. And Larry? Yeah, well, um, great presentations. I was really impressed by um, uh, the work that you did and, and the conclusions you arrived at. And I thank you for coming here and sharing that with us. Um, I'm asking, uh, I guess you, you've inspired a legal regulatory question. So I'm presenting a legal regulatory question to political scientists, and my apologies. But I, I think it's a question that deserves to be considered. And I'm reflecting two days ago when we had this very institute had a, a one-day workshop on China very broad view on China, but one presentation focused specifically on how the Chinese are using social media uh, to control uh, their, uh, their society. And, well, the thought that crossed my mind when I was listening to that was um, George Orwell's 1984 should have been written in Chinese, because that's where it sounded like it was going. Yeah? And so that's one model of managing the opportunities and the challenges that social media presents to a society. And then, well, um, I have here on my, on my smartphone the 28-page indictment that the U.S. Justice Department charged last Friday on 12 Russian military officials who broke and entered into the Democratic Party headquarters and then used social media to release the information that they gathered. And that's kind of interesting. And, um, and then this morning um, we find um, the Europeans have, have uh, charged, have, have applied a fine on Google. We are talking billions, billions of euros, the, the largest fine uh, they've, ever, they've ever placed because they required Samsung and other companies to, to promote their, their browser. And uh, so antitrust law. So we see criminal law and antitrust law. And if you look at how social media has fundamentally been regulated, it was regulated through telecommunications law because that's the only law that we have. And so we're using, I think, legal tools to manage something that doesn't fit. Social media is a, a completely different animal. And this isn't something for you, but you ought to talk to your law school about working together to, I, I think we need a legal framework to manage the opportunities and the challenges that social media presents to democracy. Because we can see, I mean, depending on whether it's good or bad, you know, good or evil is, is really a value judgment, but it's certainly a force that should exist within a legal framework, and I don't think we have an answer to that, and I don't know that any country is actually working on it. But Korea would be a good model to, to give to the rest of the democratic world a framework that this system should operate within. Because I want to see social media support democracy and not, and not hinder it. And I don't know what the answers are, but I just throw that out. Thank you. I, I came up with similar thoughts, actually. George Orwell, and, and, and two days ago. And when, when the first presentation, I think, was talking about the transformations in technology yeah. uh, then turning into value transformations in, in democracy. Mm -hmm. 
And I think from the Chinese context, we've seen that, that value transformation go in a really different direction. It was really fascinating to it me. It is. Yeah. But I don't think democracies have a handle on this, but I think yeah. we have to get a handle on it. Uh, it can, it's just a neutral tool that can be used for good or bad. Mm -hmm. Good. Presenters? Well, the first question is whether the SNS pushes the impeachment protest, impeachment of President Bakhane. I think we give us some kind of answer about that. No. I think the, the reason why people came to the street uh, from October 2016 is that the people was very suspicious about how the traditional media will handle the issue, and how the, the national assembly will handle the issue. They were very afraid that they might do as they had been doing. <coughs> so the reason why people came to the street and the, the message is from social uh, SNS is that we, we cannot trust them. So we should make make them to do some kind of thing. Without our pressure, they would move otherwise. So they, there was a lot of political distrust on the political system and the media structure. And uh, the, 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 the point here, the base, the December 3 is the date of the National Assembly which decided that they would pass this case to Constitutional Assembly. So they put lots of pressures on National Assembly. So starting from, in, in order to make that this case with the Constitutional Assembly, Constitutional Court, we should make National Assembly act as we do. So they put pressures on, on this ruling party members. And with, with that kind of pressure, they change the positions. So there, are, there is not, not much difference. On this state is the, the, the National Assembly deciding that they, they will pass this case to Constitutional Assembly. So I think without this pressure, they, the, the case would not have passed the National Assembly. And so lots of, lots of distrust. And suppose that that case has passed the National Assembly. And if people believe that Constitution, constitutional court, court would act, act mutually and decide mutually, then people would stop demonstration. But they are very suspicious of the constitutional court itself. So they continue demonstration until Constitutional Court made a final decision. And the last, last demonstration is the celebration of the decision of the Constitutional Court on, on March 7th. And so there is a lot of critical distrust and distrust against tradition. So without SNS, National Assembly would have, have number, and media would act as they have been. But media was transformed because of social media. 
So the traditional media follow the agenda set by the social media. So they changed, they begin to tweet that case. Even before there was a lot of rumors about that, that close alliance between president and president, uh, the presidential. But no, no press cannot mention officially. There was no news reporter. But on the, the October 1st, there was a disclosure by one, one of the one of the TV news, JTBC. And that was an epoch making event. And at, at that time, the other channels didn't mention about the case. JTBC was alone. And about 10 or say, one, one year or 10 days, the other channels didn't mention the case. And then people came to the street. And then the other channels followed. So in setting the agenda, social media was very critical. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm the kind of minority position, but I'm a little bit suspicious about the notion of transformation. I mean, it's like, I think, I mean, this time around, the media, the establishment that has been pushed very hard by the SNS, but the media and the, the establishment has never, never, never changed. I mean, ultimately, by the by the social media, by the by the, by the new kind of movement in here. Okay. So, so my hypothetical question is: if something like this would happen again in five years, then we don't need the SNS anymore. I don't think so. I think we will need the SNS to move the media and the establishment uh, back to the kind of revolutionary kind of status again. So kind of transformation uh, often means that uh, once and for all kind of changes. But I don't think that has happened in this case. So I think that is a kind of dilemma of the social media driven politics. And social media is very effective in pushing for the politicians and existing institutions to work, but it could not change and transform uh, the establishment forever. So I think I think, I think we need to be need to be a little bit cautious about. So democracy that we talked about, you know, uh, four pillars of society with with journalism and media being the fourth, and maybe social media becomes actually the fifth because it's distinct because the political elite compromises the traditional media, and now we have a media they cannot compromise. It's a it's a fascinating development. Control. Yeah. Professor, would you like to have the the final word? That's the final word. You raise some difficult questions. Uh, also, you the SNS and democracy models. Mm. Actually, yes. yeah. Actually, the between the the, the technology determinism and the social constructivism, I'm really close to the social constructivism. But still, I believe in the impact of technology. If we have new technology. Uh, regardless of our choice or our decision, our cognitions, understanding, or ways of behavior should be changed. Should be changed. So it is true in terms of the political decisions or political participations. So then, okay, we cannot think of or we cannot imagine other democracy model than representative democracy, right? Even some many people 
require the, the direct democracy, but we know that it's, it's almost impossible to implement in real politics and in everyday politics. So still, we have to keep up with the representative democracy. I think the role or the, the authority between the elite polit politicians and ordinary people may change. They will share more power and they will share more authorities. So in the terms of political party studies, we have two different models of political the, the, the part, part, the, 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 the lawmakers. The one is delegate, the other is a trustee. Trustee means the lawmaker can make any decisions based on his own or her own basis. On the other hand, if he or she is delegate, he, sh he or she should follow the decision of his supporters, his constituencies. Then it means they share their authority or power with their constituents. So even if we still get together with representative democracy, I think the law or authority of the political elite and the, the voters may be changed. More closer to the participatory models, even not direct democracy, I, I think. So in that terms, I believe in some impact of technology determinants. Great. Thank you very much for a fascinating set. Oh, please, please. There is lots of questions and comments that on China and Google. One point is that the ICT, social media, that needs to be regulated, harmonized, but it cannot be resolved through national structure, national level. So we should be focusing on how we are going to globalize the regulatory structures and the, the how, how we are going to set the relations between political power and media and social media. That cannot be solved through national. National level, but we are. We should think about how we are going to solve it at the global level. That's my key. Thank you. Very instructive. Thank you very much.